Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. They did a good job. Good morning and Happy New Year. It's here whether you're ready for it or not. Uh, My name, as Dave said, is Dan Smither, and my wife Rachel directs the choir. Uh, If you don't know our story, um, we moved to Durban, South Africa now 15 years ago. Um, At the time, our daughters were seven and five and two and six weeks old. Right, Cease? Um, She was six weeks old. The two-year-old now sings in the choir. I'm sure you could pick out which one was my daughter of the choir, Sherlock Holmes. Um, So over the last 15 years, though, it's been amazing to see what God has done. And, And we've really done it not on our own, and of course not without the help and anointing of God, but through his people, um, that have helped us to do what we do. We, we could go there and, and give our lives and be there on the ground, but we needed people like y'all here at, at CCC that would get behind us and, and make the work possible for us to feed the kids and, and, and send the kids to school and, and do what we do. Um, when we first started back in, in 2008, it was on a tarp about the size of this carpet, a blue, you know, the blue Home Depot tarps, yeah, those, yeah, I went and got one of those and just spread it out, and, and 17 kids showed up on a Saturday, and so I sat them down and played some games and sang a song or two with them, taught them a gospel lesson, and then before they left, I gave them a piece of chocolate so they would come back the next week and, and sent them home, and, and they did come back the next week, and the next week, and the week after that. And, and now on a Saturday, it's not, it's not 17 kids on a blue Home Depot tarp. It's about 1,700 kids each Saturday on our eight acres of land that we were able to buy in January. It's been amazing what God has done. And, and for me, even more exciting than that, so here's the thing, we're, we're not so much about the numbers, about having, because truth be told, if I wanted to, by the end of 2023, we could have 10,000 kids on a Saturday. But that's not our goal. We're, we're not just evangelistic, but Key of Hope is about discipleship and developing leaders. And so we very strategically will expand our borders and go into new communities. So on that very first Saturday, on that tarp, one of the households that was there, young girl that sat on that tarp, three of those children from that household now serve on our staff as full-time paid employees. One is 26, one is 21, and one is 19. And they now serve on our staff, reaching the kids in their very same community, doing Exactly for those kids, what was done for them as they've grown up. And now we have 40 staff in, in Durban, South Africa that, that serve full time, that visit over 2,500 children every single week in their homes, making disciples and raising up leaders. Now, 
That's, that's even still not enough. We gotta hire some new people. I need, we do all 2,500 of those home visits and, and meet all those needs with three and a half vehicles, I'll say. Four, four vehicles. So one, one is just a half. I don't know if you even know what it is. We, we have something called a, I don't even know if they have them here. It's a spark, but it's called a spark light. And I mean, if you could drive a Coke can down the road, that's what this would be. So we really need to get another couple of vehicles to help us visit and meet the needs of these kids in 2023 because Kia Hope continues to grow. Every single Saturday, those 1,700 kids come in and our staff ministers to them. This year, we had a little girl come in, about five years old, and one of our staff instantly recognized that something was amiss with this little girl. And the reason she was able to recognize it was because she'd been there. She knew what this little girl was going through as soon as she walked in because as she walked in, she had no shoes on. She was, she was dirty, hadn't been bathed, hair hadn't been taken care of. Her dress was, was old and threadbare. And you could just tell that this was a little girl in trouble. Now, instantly she, she took her from the taxi where, where she kind of just kind of stumbled out. And, and we have so many kids that literally survive emotionally from Saturday to Saturday. Kids have told me, even as they've grown up, that Uncle Dan, I used to just count the sleeps until I would wake up and I could come to Kids Club on Saturday. Count the number of times I would have to go to bed hungry. Count the number of times I would have to sleep and and feel the rain coming through the corrugated tin roof of my shack. And I would wake up on Saturday morning, and if I could just get to Key of Hope, I knew I would be okay. And this little girl came in, and, and we brought her down to the lobby, one of our staff did, and, and began asking the questions that, that we know to ask, and she was hungry, so they gave her a, a sandwich and a red Solo cup of juice. And I came down and, and looked at this little girl, and and. Like I do with all the kids, I bent down and greeted her. Hey, honey, how are you? And it was one of the most heartbreaking moments of my year, which is why I snapped a picture at that moment. And that's saying something because to give you an idea of the kind of a year we had in South Africa at Key of Hope, we have a budget, we have a line item in our budget for funerals for kids. That, that pass away that we lose and we, we have to help with those funerals. We used up the entire budget by April. And so, we, in, in fact, there was a stretch for six weeks in a row. We had, every Saturday, we had a funeral. So it was a difficult year. So me telling you that this was one of the most heartbreaking moments is saying something because when I bent down, she almost grunted and turned away from me and I could see that she was squeezing that sandwich so tightly in her hands that the sandwich was just mangled in her hand. Now, it wasn't as if she didn't know how to hold a piece of bread. It was that that sandwich to her represented life. She couldn't let anyone threaten that sandwich or possibly take it away. She had to hold that thing so tightly to make sure that It went into her belly. 
And as she just squeezed it, the, the bread was mangled and it was oozing through her fingers. And she didn't let go of it. She, she even held that red solo cup. Her, her little hand was too small to fit around it and hold it. So she held it from the top and she took a bite and a sip and a bite and a sip until both were gone. And only then could you get her attention. She held on to that bread knowing, not knowing, when her next meal might come. When she came to us that morning, she hadn't eaten in several days. And she didn't know how long it might be till she would eat again. So that staff member who found her that Saturday morning there at Kids Club went and visited her at home as we do all of the kids who come to any of our programs. And Kazile, who actually sings in the choir, she stands in the front row there, and she went to visit this little girl at home and found that they were living in, in what's known as, in Africa and around the world, as a child-headed household. Which means they had lost both their parents, and the oldest was, was 15, and they were living just on their own, surviving. Now, in these types of situations, oftentimes the kids can ride for a little while, coast for some time on momentum. There's still a little bit of food in the cupboard, the, the clothes still fit, and the school fees have probably been paid up for that year, so they can kind of ride out the next few weeks and even months on what has been left behind in the house. But it doesn't take long before the downward spiral begins. The food just runs out. The clothes begin to wear out. The shoes get holes. The following school year comes and, and the school fees aren't paid and they, they're not allowed to register. And it quickly spirals out of control into a bleak situation. And that's what the situation was when this little girl came to Kids Club. And when, when Kazile found that situation, she instantly, immediately empathized with what was going on because that's almost exactly the situation I found about 13 years ago when I visited Kazile at home when she was 11 and their house was falling, literally falling down on them. Pieces of the house had fallen down at nighttime and they, they, they were seven orphans living with their granny just at the end of her rope and we were able to step in and, and feed them and, and put them back in school and help them get access to medical care and actually build them a new house that has transformed the stability of that household and that family. And so when Kazile went and saw that house that was falling down on those kids, that child-headed household, she came back and and sat in front of me in our offices with tears in her eyes and said, Uncle Dan, we have to do something for these kids. Can we help them? And so we paid their school fees. And in fact, little Lorato, the little girl, graduated from kindergarten just last month. So we bought her a new white dress and she, she did her kindergarten graduation. And we were able, with the help of a few sponsors, to build them a new house. And so the week after her, or the week before her kindergarten graduation, they moved into their new house. And this is Lorato and I sitting in that new house. There's a brand new table and chairs behind her and some bunk beds that the four kids sleep in. It's going to transform her life. But I want you to know this. Over the course of the year, Lorato was in kids club as we went over the Lord's Prayer. You know the Lord's Prayer. Many of us memorized it growing up. 
Some of us even use it now today on certain occasions. How many of you memorized the Lord's Prayer growing up? Okay, okay. Can I, you raise your hand pretty quick. I'm going to test you. Can you say it? Now, we're going to do the King James, the real version. Okay. Are you ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well done. Give yourselves a hand. Okay, some of you, some of you were a little bit shaky. A little bit shaky, but you, we got through it. For me, and I, I, when you look at the literature of that time, it wasn't like Hollywood today where it's once upon a time all the way to they lived happily ever after. That's, that's our Western sort of form of literature. But in Jesus' day, the, the most important part of the story, the climax of the, the story or the poem or whatever it was, was the middle line. And that middle line of the Lord's Prayer is, give us this day our daily bread. Now, be careful when you pray that prayer. Because for most of us in this room, if not all of us, if you were to pray that prayer, give us this day our daily bread, and God were to somehow instantly, miraculously answer that prayer on your behalf, do you know what would happen? Most of the food in your house would instantly disappear. Because for us, a prayer for daily bread is actually a prayer for less. So many of us have so much more than our daily bread in our home. Not just in the form of food, our daily provision in, in clothes, in house, in, in food, and in, even, in, even in money in your bank account, you have more than it takes just to get through today. So be careful because if God answers that prayer when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you might find yourself with a lot less. But here's what I know. Lorato, when she, like so many other kids all over the world, like her, pray to a God they've never met, never heard about, but hope exists. In Zulu, she would say, Give us this day our daily bread. As she stares up through a tin corrugated roof, For her, that's a literal prayer. But when God answered, because I believe God has answered that prayer, because don't, I don't say give me my daily bread, I say give us our daily bread. And they, they tell us, the people that study these things, that, that we, the world actually produces enough food to feed the global population one and a half times over. So that part of the Lord's Prayer has actually been answered. But just like Jesus did when he fed the 5,000, he didn't give the food directly to all the masses. He gave it to his disciples to then distribute among the people that were hungry. And so when Lorato showed up that day, her answer to prayer had already been given. But it hadn't been given directly to her God gave that answer to her prayer. God gave the bread that she prayed for into my hands so that when she walked into Kids Club hungry, we could give her that sandwich. 
and say, the God that you prayed to answered that prayer. Here is your daily bread. And I want to challenge you as, as we, I want to show you a little bit more about what we do at Key of Hope in this video. But I want to challenge you in this new year, as God provides for you, as God has provided for you, just consider, just stop once in a while and, and take a minute and think, what portion of what God has given me is actually not the answer to my prayer. It's actually not a provision for me that I have actually been given the answer to someone else's prayer. And I'm holding that in my hand. I've got that answer in my house. The answer to that prayer is actually in my bank account. And I'm the distributor of bread. Because my prayer for Lorato is this. That just as tightly as she held on to that piece of bread, that she would hold on that tightly to the bread of life, Jesus Christ, that she receives every single Saturday in Kids Club, that she would hold on to him, and if anyone approached her to try to take that away, if anyone ever threatened the relationship that she is forming just even now with Jesus, that she would hold on tightly and turn away from them and say, no, this is my life. I'll hold on to this until the day I die. Because that's what Key of Hope is all about. And isn't that what the gospel is all about? The bread of life. Watch this video to see a little bit more about what we do in Durban, South Africa. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is Key of Hope, an organization focused on reaching children who have been left behind. It is a bridge to education, a place for children to feel safe a transport to needed medical care, a voice for the powerless, and a conduit of hope that is found in Christ's love. Every day, hundreds of children connect to Key of Hope through Kids Club, youth night, home visits, sports camps, mentoring programs, or one-on-one -on -one discipleship. And it is because of this ongoing mission that this work has made an incredible impact in thousands of homes throughout South Africa. I wish sometimes I could just tell people, come see it yourself, come experience it. It's all about love and relationship. Key of Hope is a place that can make you feel comfortable. They do a lot of things. They paid my school fees at school. They came and gave us food, and a shorts of food. It just helped me enjoy my Christian life and my journey. It was a place I could go to when I needed to, to feel loved and I also like faced difficulties at home, like maybe there was a shortage for food and like I couldn't afford my station or with school fees, so like Kia Hope was like always there like to help me in those things. Kia Hope helps financially, it helps physically, it helps spiritually and also emotionally. Being involved at Kia Hope just made me comfortable with who I am and what God has put in me. They just, they've been amazing in my life. And it's not something that's short term. It's always there, like your whole life. After more than a decade, 
of reaching, educating, and loving the children of Durban, South Africa, Key of Hope is empowering a generation of young adults as they reach out to their communities and carry out this mission themselves. As they share in the work to meet with each child who participates in Kids Club during weekly home visits, as they pass out food parcels to those with the greatest needs or lead worship on Saturdays, they become the hands and feet of Christ. All over the world, to me it symbolizes and emphasizes that I'm given a chance to do that to other people and share whatever that God has put in me and has done for me and share it to other people. Because I feel like KOFOP has like given us like so much and feel like this is a chance for us like to go all over the world and share. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age. <laughs>